This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So if you look at this chart of of pitchers, Radon Verlander, Tyler Anderson, uh, Clayton Kershaw, Ross uh, Ross Stripling, Martin Perez, Noah Syndergaard, Jacob DeGrom, what what should they have done that would really change where they are pitching-wise? There ain't much. No, there's not. And that's why I said this before the season started. I, I think I said it before the season started. Um, there was a guy that I really wish that they would have made a move for, and it was impossible. He wasn't available, and I still don't think he's going to be available anytime soon. But Zach Gallon's a guy that I wish they could find a way to crack that code. And you look at his numbers, like you're talking about in the American League, Framer Valdez and the, the guys that are up there for the Cy Youngs. Zach Gallon's going to win it, and I, I that's the one person I said was going to win it in the NL this year was Zach Gallon. He's he's close. He's not too far away from being the top pitcher in the NL. Yeah, he's on his way because he's putting together his second consecutive making a start every five days, big time year. But let Sandy Alcantara be your guide. How bad has he been this season? Well, I, I think a few months ago, if we thought the Mets had a chance to trade for him, we would have lined up the prospects and that would have been an all-time disaster. He's got a five and a half ERA, which, by the way, makes absolutely no sense how that's happened unless you think the innings got to him. And if that's the case, is that something to worry about with Zach Gallen? Because Zach Gallen last year threw 180 innings. He's probably going to surpass that this year and get to 200 innings, assuming he gets healthy. Is that something that next year comes back and haunts him? Because outside of a handful of guys, Garrett Cole, Framber Valdez, and maybe that's it. You want to put McClanahan in there, that's fine. He's had a great year. There's no consistency with these guys. Like, look at Dylan Cease. There's so many examples now of guys who just can't consistently put it together. And that's an issue the Mets are going to face now and in the future. Because their game plan to me has always been, okay, they got Max on a short deal. They got Verlander on a short deal. And as we've talked about, well, in two years, Shane Bieber's a free agent. In one year, Julio Urias is a free agent. In two years, Max Fried's a free agent. Just replenish it with other guys but think about the names i just mentioned max freed has spent a lot of time on the injured list julio urias wasn't pitching great injured list bieber's been good like there's no reliability with starters so when you continue to go out and just buy them which the mets have to do there's that bust factor and we're seeing it with almost everybody out there the bust factor no, we're talking about uh, Corbin Burns was a guy that you and I both were like, oh, this is we were, were hot on him. He's been terrible. He's he's been hit, extremely hittable this year, uh, and his numbers are just you know, was he Cy Young last year? Was it him or Woodruff? I can't nah, remember. Two years ago, he won it in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and and now he's like a I don't want to say a shell of himself, but he's he's lost it, and it's very it is very telling. He's been 
The one thing I give, I say about Burns, he's been very pedestrian this year, but he's still taking the baseball every five days, and he's giving you a lot of innings. But no, he's not the guy he was two years ago when he won the Cy Young. He's not the guy he was last year. It's just a reminder that the game the Mets are playing is very dangerous. They, and this is the game they have to play. They do not have young pitching in their system, at least right now. Um, so you're going to have to buy guys and look around baseball. It's not just the Mets. Buying guys is a very dangerous proposition. Right, it is, which is why the offseason was, I don't want to say ruined, but when you had a, I don't want to say mediocre squad in, in 2022 because they won two, uh, 101 games. But the players, let's be serious, not everybody was a stud. Not everyone was an all-star. Not everyone was all, all whatever, gold glove winners. So if you go for a mediocre offense and your pitching is questionable, this is what you're going to get. You have but, to go for the jugular. But what should they have done now? Like we have the the hindsight now to look back and now we have at least first half results on players. And I think we're all admitting, wow, most of the realistic targets have all sucked. Like there's no alternate universe where everything would have been better off. So what should they have done? And, and this is not a defense of Billy Epler. Billy's done a terrible job. He'll probably lose his job at the end of the year. But what should he have done, even with the hindsight now of knowing how guys are playing? Well, I think the whole strategy of, by the way, like the, the whole strategy of not relying on Alvarez to be your number one catcher, to, to waste resources on Omar Narvaez was stupid. That's the first thing you could have used those resources, that money for, for JD Mart- for JD Martinez. Okay, I mean that's that, offense. We, we, that and, that's, and that's we agree. Offense. JD Martinez, Brandon Drury, clear misses at DH. What about pitching? How? Where was the roadmap for this pitching to not suck this season? Knowing what we know now, and I'm, it's, it's such a mediocre, it's it's a minuscule move. But Trevor Williams was a key last year, and I, I can't say that he was going to be phenomenal this year, but. Last year, he was that guy to eat up innings, you know, three or four innings of games if there was a struggle with a starting pitcher. There was like a roadmap to how to get I, there. I agree with you. I think there's two problems. Number one, Trevor Williams has gone out, made every start. He's got a four and a half ERA. So we're not going to act like he's Cy Young. He wanted to be in the rotation. And the Mets were going to offer him another swing job. Now, that would have probably meant a lot of starts this season. But yeah, there have certainly been a handful of games where when the Mets are going to the bullpen in the second or third inning, you'd rather go to Trevor Williams than Steven Nagosik. I agree with you. But think about what you just said. And it shows you how flawed this entire offseason was for everybody. Knowing what we know now, what should they have done? And your first answer is Trevor Williams would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, of course he would have been nice, but is that fixing this? And I, I promise you, this is not a defense of the GM. It's more just a, wow, all the pitching is sucked. Now, I got one we haven't mentioned because this is a name we talked about a lot. We couldn't understand why the Mets didn't sign him, and it would have changed things. The Mets are probably four or five games better if they sign this guy. I'm not even kidding you because think about all the games they've lost late, all the times they've gone to unreliable bullpen arms, Andrew Chafin's been really good this year. And that's a guy we talked about two years ago. It's a tech guy we talked about during the offseason. Andrew Chafin is not making a lot of money. He signed a one-year $6 million deal um, to pitch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
And so far this year on a very good Diamondback team, he's put up very similar numbers as what he did last year with Detroit. He's got a 280 ERA. He's been very good. And considering the Met bullpen sucks outside of one guy, uh, that would have been a big help. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team they are a couple of games better if they had another reliable arm especially a lefty like chafin well that's that that was a key piece that i think we all were begging for for the longest time like he was waiting there and no one was touching him and i still can't figure out why does he smell like what, what's going on why did the mess ignore him and you know another thing too is i'm not saying that we would have done it but castro uh is that miguel castro what who's the um Whoever we got rid of that we all hated, Miguel. He's had a very good season. I know. Yeah, they're, they're like a tag team in Arizona, and again, the flexibility between those two to build the bullpen with depth would have been more responsible. Now, I understand that the Diaz injury, you were never going to predict that, but was Robertson bringing back out of Vino and really enough for depth in the bullpen. I think the Robertson move was a great move and is probably the best move they made during the offseason because he's had a really, really good season and he has stabilized this bullpen. It's not a good bullpen, but he has stayed. It would have been worse is what I'm trying to say. I don't even feel comfortable saying he stabilized the bullpen because it almost implies like the bullpen's been okay. It hasn't, but he's been their best reliever. It is just, it's odd to look back and say, wow, there really weren't great moves that they just missed on. Pitching-wise, other than Nate Evaldi, who's had a great year, and Andrew Haney, the guy's Texas sign, give the Rangers credit, not named DeGrom. Yeah, if they sign those two guys, does the Met rotation look vastly different? Of course. But I don't think any of us wanted those guys. Like, we weren't, I didn't want Andrew Haney. Nate Evaldi's always been one of those guys I've liked when he stays healthy, but he's unreliable. And he's been healthy for Texas, and he's been good for Texas. But the majority of starting pitching free agents have been bad, and the Mets have no choice because next year and the year after that and the year after that, that's probably how they're going to have to build a rotation, that same risk of signing free agents starting pitching. That's that that's that's brutal because that's what's destroyed the season. Like we talked, you talked about yeah. it over and over and over. That's their biggest flaw is the pitching. You can't stay in games. Another name, by the way, that we completely looked over, who was a Met, was in the bullpen and wanted to be a starter and was in on the IL for a little bit. Mediocre, he was okay. Seth Lugo. It's another piece that we could have had at the back end of the rotation. Well, but the Mets were never going to make him a starting pitcher. 
they they had made it very very clear that he was just never going to be a starting pitcher. They never had any intention of him being a starting pitcher, and he's been okay this year. But he's also missed a lot of time. He's been hurt. I mean, he hasn't pitched that much, so I don't really have any regrets over the Seth Lugo thing because he just hasn't pitched. And yeah, I don't think they were ever going to make him a starting pitcher. They never no, believed I, him was that. I I get that, but when you have like Peterson and McGill fighting for the job and Lucchese and all these guys in like the quote unquote minors, like you could have pushed them back down to the minors anyway and had Lugo there because guess what? Like the rope you need a ton. This reminds me of when the Mets. I forgot who they got rid of, but they had Chris Benson. They had a bunch of people, and they ended up trading some one of the one of the starting pitchers away because they, they felt they had too much depth in their rotation. And then the entire rotation went to shit. It's like, you could never have enough. Never. <laughs> no, you I can't. I think we've, I think we've learned that this year. That's for sure. So I guess our biggest regret from the off season is probably Brandon Drury and JT Martinez. <laughs> Isn't that really it? I think that's the biggest, there's no starting pitcher we're regretting at this point. <sighs> No, I guess I'm just regretting the fact that we're in the situation. Like they, you're right. There was this offseason, but we knew this offseason was a crap that offseason was a crapshoot. We never were like, oh, there's a ton of studs around. We we kind of figured that out. And but I I is it going to be this bad again next year? Is it really going to be this bad where the and how can you justify spending money on them if they're going to be this bad? Well, because you don't know they're going to be this bad. You know, when you're when you're buying a guy as a free agent, you're hoping and you're risking that you're going to get the best of them. That's that's really what it comes down to. But you don't have much of a choice other than, you know, trading a lot of young talent for a young controllable starting pitcher, which is always an option. Um, You know, we mentioned Corbin Burns a little bit earlier. He hasn't had the greatest year this year. But will there come a point where the Brewers make them available a year away from free agency, where Cleveland makes Shane Bieber available a year away from free agency to two franchises that are small market teams that may not pay either guy? Yeah. And then you run the risk of trading a lot of prospects for a guy that only has a year left on his deal and then keeping your fingers crossed that they're that good. And obviously, Otani hangs over all of this because – he is an elite pitcher. You know, we think of him as the slugger and the pitcher, but they really are desperate for pitching, and he's going to be a free agent. And so, yeah, that'd make your rotation a hell of a lot better. All right, so the next podcast idea I, uh, that I have for us will be on all the starting pitching the Mets have traded away over the years, and if they're actually starting to come up in other organizations and, and pitching for these teams because the one thing that the Mets don't have is pitching in in their in their minors. Like but it's like double A, single A, whatever. They have low level pitchers or guys not with necessarily ace upside, but they got a lot of position players. And that's not something we're used to. The Mets have always been a franchise that developed a lot of young pitching, but not a lot of position players. And when you look around at Beatty, who's already here, Alvarez, who's already here, Mauricio, who will be here soon, Vientos, who will probably never get back here, Jet Williams, Kevin Pareda, Alex Ramirez. They are loaded with position players, which may mean that young offensive prospects may be traded for those pitching needs. So that may be something we're looking at as we move on. But yeah, looking at this offseason, 
We still think Billy Epler sucks, but it's very difficult to, you know, pinpoint five moves and say he should have done that. If there's one we missed, definitely email us, thericob at gmail.com. We'll address it on a future pod. We appreciate it. Thericob at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening to another depressing edition of Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.